I still can't get over the fact that this platform plays a router automatically when I click go live, which is amazing. Welcome, everybody. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of the Geek Boutique Podcast. That's right. Your favorite geeky podcast on Thursdays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time is back with a special guest today. That's right. We've got Mr. John from Camp Hot Awards. <laughs> Thanks for joining us tonight, John. Thanks for having us. Yeah, I, I think we're going to be uh, talking a little bit Star Trek, a little bit of podcasts, a little bit of just, you know, random geeky stuff. So hang with us, guys. It should be a good one. Uh, of course, Micah Padre, my partner in crime, uh, Jeff, a.k.a. Messiah Complex Cosplay. How are you this week, Mr. Jeff? I am fantastic, especially after this week's episode of strange new worlds i'm not going to talk really about it i know i understand i get it, it. i understand really not doing any spoilers it. but this one definitely uh this one got me a little bit this one this one caught me in the feels a little bit so uh kudos kudos to the crew there uh that make that show which is already maybe my favorite thing on television mm -hmm. and it's just they're just crushing it every week now so definitely puts well, me in a mood picks me up Guess I'll have to save my dissenting opinion until later. <laughs> you can absolutely. That's we invite those kind of opinions here. Yeah, yeah, totally. I, uh, I, I, I don't agree with Jeff. FYI, I, uh, it was a good episode, but last week's man. I mean, that was for me one of the best courtroom Trek episodes we've had. And oh, people will say, "Oh, but what about Measure of a Man?" Well, I know, but I, for me, I said that, and I don't sound anything like that. Okay, I don't know why enough. all of a sudden I have that weird voice. <laughs> oh, we were enough. a Measure of a Man. <laughs> um, guys, we're gonna talk a little bit of Star Trek later on. Of course, I mean, you know, we can't have a Trekkie on and not Trek out because you know us. Uh, we did film an after show, actually. I asked you earlier how you've been doing. Like, it's not the third time we get together to film today. <laughs> Guys, we filmed two after shows today. That's we right. We have two after shows running consecutively. We have an after show for, uh, I always want to say Secret Wars, but it's not Secret Wars. Secret Invasion. It's Secret Invasion. Yes, Marvel's yes. Secret Invasion, as well as Star Trek Strange New World Season 2. Guys, have a drink for editor Megan, because I'm sure she's going to need a several when she has to go through all of this content and make it digestible to the masses here. So. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. 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 But, but. Uh, check those out. Uh, yep. They should be, well, they should start coming out within the next day or two. Uh, if you want our deep thoughts on this episode, which we'll give our basic thoughts a little bit later without spoiling anything. Cause that's the thing about the after shows guys, they are spoiler filled. So make sure you watch these shows before you go watch the after shows. Absolutely. Uh, and Michael saying technical difficulties part two. Hopefully not. Well, let's, let's hope not. Can everyone uh, hear everyone? Okay. Hopefully I'm assuming so. The platform's been pretty stable lately, so I think we should be yeah, good. Yeah, I've not really had any issues with uh, this platform. Talking about this platform, I want to get into podcasting a little bit. Uh, I mean, John here, uh, first of all, tell us what is Cam Podcast Awards, how it came about, and, and, and you know, give us the pitch. Sure. So uh, the Canadian Podcast Awards are something we put together uh, to help celebrate uh, and promote the Canadian voice in the podcasting ecosystem. 
Uh, you know, we have a large neighbor to the south of us who, you know, dominates media uh, across the globe. So we thought it would be a good idea to, you know, recognize some of our talent here in this country that produce great podcasts. Uh, even we have Canadians that go into the States to produce podcasts there that we recognize. And what in... So, no, go ahead, Jess. <laughs> I knew that was going to happen. I have a million questions. but that's Go ahead. Question. You know what? I'll let you no, take this no, one. I no, know you do. No. I can see it in your uh, face that you're fine. just itching. Listen. Go ahead. So were you guys just like a, like a, like a, sorry, it's not just you. Like, John, can you give us an idea of how many people are behind the Canadian Podcast Awards? Uh, so it's me and my wife, Jennifer. So my producer, Jen. Yeah, everybody's uh, got to have a producer, Jen, right? It's, it's, it doesn't work without it. So were you guys big big fans of podcasts going into it, and then you you wanted to turn your attention more towards celebrating? Did, have you guys ever tried doing a podcast of your own, and that's what led to it? Like, what got you on this hill in the first place? So uh, we can go way deep back to when I lived in London, Ontario. Um, Shout out, there, London, I was Ontario. looking for people to uh, hang out with in the area that were interested in you know the tech space. Uh, and I saw a meetup group called Geek Dinners uh, that we met at Molly Blooms. I don't know if that's still around. I, Molly Blooms uh, is still around, as a matter of fact. Yep. We met up at Molly Blooms, and uh, nice. they were very into podcasting. And they uh, went to these events called PodCamps, uh, which is sort of a crowdsourced conference for digital media. Uh, and just from there, it snowballed into me getting involved with that sort of uh, community. And when I moved to Toronto, I got involved with the PodCamp community here and became the uh, lead organizer for PodCamp Toronto ooh, 10 or so years ago now. Okay, uh, yeah. We just held our 15th uh, conference uh, last year. Oh, wow. So our 15th anniversary, uh, not counting COVID. Yeah. Um, and uh, from there, we did a little bit of uh, awards around like the best Toronto podcast in collaboration with BlogTO. And we found that there was a lot more of a demand for something wider, uh, mm. Canada-based across the country. And we thought that would be a good idea. You know, there's a lot of uh, great Canadian podcasts out there that we would love to help promote, you know, especially independent podcasts who don't have a marketing budget, who aren't, you know, like uh, a big network like, you know, Rogers or the CBC or something that can really push their weight around to promote their podcasts. Um, and we thought, Let's do an award for the country. And so this last one was our fifth one. This upcoming fall will be our sixth anniversary of the Canadian Podcast Awards. Do they happen annually then, John? Like once a year, you guys? Yep. So every year we've had them, uh, even through COVID. We used to have this uh, award ceremony in person at PodCamp. Yep. Uh, but after COVID, we weren't doing PodCamps for two years. Uh, so we had to move to an online model, which I think we're probably going to stick with because that allows us to interact with people across the country rather than just, you know, people having to come to Toronto. No, that's uh, fair. So people who are nominated send in their acceptance speech and we put together a little video and whoever wins gets their video acceptance video shown on YouTube. That was going to be my question. So how, what is the process? So that you, an individual podcast gets nominated by somebody or groups of somebody's, and then who judges, how do you guys determine who's going to get the award or awards. I don't know if you just give out one or if you have different categories. How does that work exactly, John? So we have 32 categories uh, encompassing, you know, uh, topical categories, you know, like the iTunes uh, category, basically. Uh, so the top level of those. And then we have a few technical categories for like best artwork or best uh, audio quality. 
Uh, and then the process for nominating podcasts is all the members are able to nominate podcasts and we take the podcasts that are the most nominated in each category and then put that to another vote by the members and then the members vote on those and the ones who make it to the top of that list get the award. Uh, anyone can join who is a podcaster. Uh, they just have to sign up and we verify their account, verify that they're a podcaster and uh, they can submit their podcast to the directory and participate fully in the awards for free. I was just going to say, what what does this wonderful service cost? Uh, it costs me a fair bit, but uh, it's free for <laughs> We know that feeling, sir, very, very well. JS, get in here, man. I'm just hogging them. I'm, I'm hogging the man the whole time. I'm just wondering Please. why we're not uh, we're not signed up for this. That's that's you know. That's kind of why I'm asking. That's yeah. I, I don't I don't know why we're not. Well, I have a feeling yeah. by the end of this podcast, our producer Jen should probably make sure that we are. So yeah, she's going to crack the whip and you know. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, we, yes, we yeah. have a few requirements for podcasts. Uh, you know, they have to be primarily Canadian based. So if it's uh, done by a production company, they have to be based in Canada. And then two thirds of the staff working on the podcast has to be Canadian as well. Uh, and you have to have a uh, RSS feed that we can pull from. Mm -hmm. So that's uh, the basic requirements. Well, we're two Excellent. or three on that for sure. We just have, we'd have to work on the RSS feed, but. Uh, oh no, we already have an RSS feed. Oh, it's yeah. all so then, set so up by Podbean. Never mind. So, then yeah. yeah, so it's all good. It's yeah, definitely all Canadian for so, sure. There's no, yeah, we yeah, are the production company. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you could call us production company, well, but we're a production. That's for sure. We produce something. That's for sure. Um, well, and then, know, that's, that's the case with like most podcasts since the beginning of podcasting, you know, it's, it's people doing it for the joy of doing it. You know, they mm -hmm. find it to be like a, a release or even, uh, they find it to be like an art form that they like to in, indulge in and, and put together content and put it out there for people for free or you know sometimes they you know require their audience to you know sign up to pay for stuff but a lot of it is just you know labors of love by independent podcasters not looking to you know make this their full-time job and and we really uh, were grounded in that ecosystem of the podcast community uh coming up with PodCamp and uh, the awards. So, you know, that's a lot of our people that are on the site and participate in the awards. Now, the, the joke or the cliche is like everybody has a podcast now. So do you now I know podcasting has been around for quite some time. I think I think longer than most people realize. But what would you if you were to cliff note for me, John, what would you attribute to the popularity of podcast? Like, why is it that everybody's got a podcast? Like, what is it about this space that's so appealing, not only for people to listen to, but for people to participate in? I would say the low barrier to entry. You know, you have things like uh, television. You have to have a lot of equipment, a lot of expertise in editing. Uh, you know, video medium is uh, hard to deal with as an editor. You know, when we put together the award videos, you know, I, I don't do video editing professionally and it's, it's a long process, uh, a lot more time than people would think it takes to edit, to get a video, you know, color grade and make sure the audio is all level, uh, all those basic things. So, you know, podcasts have a lot easier entry. You can have basically your iPhone and re-recording into it and then publish it directly to your RSS feed or your hosting service. So the low barrier to entry makes it, you know, a very attractive medium for people to get onto. And I think people respond to a lot of the 
you know, authenticity or, you know, realness of these podcasts that are people who are just doing it to, you know, share with the world what they're interested in. JS, man. Get in yeah, here, can man. we talk about a little bit about what people are interested in? Like, what are the cool podcasts that you've discovered through this? Uh, well, there's this uh, niche podcast called uh, the Geeks and Co. Geek. <laughs> uh, you know, they're, they're a really this good man podcast knows that we discovered. <laughs> um, you know, we we have a full range of people who have won awards uh, through our service that I would encourage anyone to go to our website, campodawards.ca and take a look at anyone who's won an award. You know, they're all great podcasts. They all deserve recognition and their flowers. Um, and they're all organized by category. So that if there's something specific you're interested in hearing, uh, you can find it there. Uh, you know, podcasting has been a big part of my life since, you know, it started. Uh, and you know, I met my wife through podcasting. So the podcasts that like we've discovered and uh, are interested in have, you know, changed over the last like 16, 17 years. It's, it's been really kind of a wild ride. <laughs> I'll bet it has. I'll bet it has. Cause I know we're kind of not, I shouldn't say we're struggling with it, but we were, JS and I were talking about earlier and I find it can be a challenge. If we look at some of the bigger major podcasts, you look at something like Smartless, which is every, the one that everybody's kind of talking about now. It's, it's like the big podcast right now. And it seems like for that, in that space, the characters are almost as big, if not a bigger draw than the actual content itself. Do you, do you find that's, that can be either a challenge or that's the way a lot of these things are going where it doesn't seem to matter as much anymore what the podcast is physically about as long as the people that are doing it are entertaining or is content still king when it comes to stuff like this? You know, it can be either or really, you know, there's podcasts that are really just driven by the personalities, you know, the, the force of their character, you know, the, how people respond to their uh, opinions and viewpoints and, you know, how well they hold court, like on audio, you know, that's a, that's a big component of it. Like how well are you able to communicate through this medium? Uh, and then there is like, you know, people who are looking for specific content, you know, they're always going to be looking for, you know, I want to listen to the Star Trek podcast. You know, uh, one of my favorite podcasts is, you know, The Greatest Generation, which is a Star Trek podcast uh, where they just make fun of the show, really. It's so great. Uh, but, it's you know, so great. Yeah. Yes. You know, and, you know, the podcast I met my wife through is also another podcast that was uh, driven by, you know, strong personalities. So, you know, there, it can be either or it can be content specific or you really are drawn to those hosts. And as far as the trends go, it does, it definitely seems to be trending sort of that way. I'm, I'm noticing more and more of what I'm listening to. I'm moving slowly away from, from the content based ones and I'm moving slowly more back towards the character based one. Cause you kind of fall in love with these people every day and they're in your ear every week or they're in your eyes every week. And that kind of, that's the, that seems to be part of the draw that's coming in. So I, do you have like, um, I don't know, I guess a, a, a white whale, I guess you will, as far as podcasting goes, um, when it comes to Canadian podcasting in particular, is there a Canadian podcast that's for you guys, like someone that you would love to have a bigger interaction with or, or love to be part of the community uh, as a whole for you guys? Or have you guys kind of climbed that mountain already? For us, I don't think it's about, you know, interacting with anyone specific. You know, we really want to help promote the entire ecosystem. Uh, a lot of the podcasts that we do enjoy, we already interact with, you know, before we did the awards and, you know, after the awards. 
um i wouldn't say that like yeah there is like a big white whale other than you know getting on this podcast you know this was a, oh, a good stop. Uh, look at just get the butter out kids this guy this guy knows what's tonight, up right <laughs> yeah he's going right to the top of the favorite guest list already yes 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 absolutely <laughs> um let's switch from podcasting for a second to more the technical side of it and and you, you've been in this business for quite a while now and like you said the point of entry is very easy for somebody who can just literally pick up their phone record something and publish it right away is this becoming more popular doing the video thing as well and and then sending that off to the podcast is it something we're seeing more and more of i don't know if i would say more and more of i know it's a lot easier now to get the video content out through services like youtube and stuff it's more discoverable uh, so it, it is picking up in that sense. But even in the early days of podcasting, you know, we had video podcasts that were, mm -hmm. you know, uh, appealed to a certain segment of people uh, along with audio feeds. So people usually had a video feed and an audio feed that would be sent out separately. So I don't know if it's more well, of a thing. It's do. just more we accessible now. Yeah, we record and then we take the audio and push it to Podbean, right? Um, it's just easier to just do it here right and and yeah, then no, sure. you could just rip the audio from that right so yeah yeah and even in like the early as a podcast people were doing like live streaming before there was like twitch and stuff like that they were streaming from in the studio out to their audience they had chat rooms and stuff going so it's always been a part of podcasting it's just a bit more accessible now with platforms like youtube and you know TikTok and stuff like that where you can promote your videos to a more mm. to an audience that's more attuned to watching videos i think it definitely i think it, it makes it a little bit more of an intimate encounter when you can see like one of my favorite podcasts of, of on the american side is a it's called inside of you with michael rosenbaum and, and his the first half yeah. of his was all strictly audio and then he did change to a video format and it did definitely like take me into it further because now i feel like there's a there's a more intimate or more close reaction to it so i think this was always going to be a video set up for us for that specific reason because you're selling yourself as much as you're selling whatever it is as far as the product goes you want people to see you and get to know you and i and i feel like on the audio side of things only they don't really have as good an opportunity to do that so john i keep meaning to ask you what about you like have you you've been in the space for 16 years do you have have you had will you have your own podcast mm, probably not how does that um, help not... me out man help me understand that because you're so deep and there's just no desire to have one of your own it's a lot of work oh like, yeah, it's no not... doubt like for me, I'm a little bit of a perfectionist. You know, people say perfect is the enemy of good, but like, I'm not interested unless it's perfect. Uh, <laughs> well, you're so on the like, Geek Boutique podcast, sir. It's not, it's not, we're a long ass way from perfect, but no, no, sorry. I don't mean to interrupt. Keep, keep going. I'm fascinated by this, that you could be in this hobby for this long and, and never have a desire to do it yourself. The hard work part, I 100% get, but. Yeah, I don't think there's not a desire to do it. It's just not something that it, I feel like I have enough time with all of the other things that I'm doing, you know, uh, prop building and the podcast awards and PodCamp. you know, it takes up a lot of my time and I don't even really know what I would do a podcast about. Like uh, there's always a niche for something, 
but as podcast is growing, you know, a lot of those niches are getting filled now. So I don't really know what I would have to offer in addition to some of these other shows that I already listened to myself. Well, that's what I assumed. Like when I first heard about you guys, I just assumed you guys already had a podcast that just featured other podcasters on your podcast to help promote their podcast in the space in particular. But that's not what you guys do. So when it comes to the awards and it comes to featuring that, how do you guys, is that done strictly through the website then? I know you guys have an online or sorry, a live presence at some of the cons and such, but most of this promotion and when you're doing the awards now, you mentioned before you're doing it online now. Yeah, it's 100% online now. Uh, we go out to events, we have business cards, we hand out to like different things that happen in Toronto here. You know, we, we get invited to events. Uh, I do moderations on like panels for uh, TO WebFest is an event that's coming up that I'm going to be moderating a panel on. Okay. Uh, so we're, we're in the area. We don't really do a lot of self-promotion because it's not really about us. It's about the podcasts that sure. uh, we want to feature or that win awards. Um, I don't know if that answers your question. No, 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 it absolutely it does. Really does. And, and I, I like that answer because it's kind of the same reason why we're into it. Right. I mean, we, for us, the geeks and company is the community. It, it, it it's all about the people. And, and, and one of the big reasons why I wanted to make sure that if we were going to do a podcast that we were going to do it live is exactly for the comments for to be able to interact with people now i know we haven't talked about the comments a lot but we're well, going to get to some of the comments folks speaking uh, of i want to at least uh, jump in here real quickly because i think this is the missus if i'm not mistaken so well there you go we uh, love yeah, community she, building okay pod Wars. she's so. hiding out in the uh, kitchen i think making bread but there you go. Uh, she's listening wow. <laughs> let's 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 not let's not just make make that oh, fresh made bread are you kidding me um <laughs> yes so she joined us as well for a big star trek meetup you guys were both there for us at uh at toronto trek and uh that was toronto trek oh my god um, yeah toronto toronto comic con, con well we turned it into toronto trek one day anyway so that yeah, was pretty cool yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah i was shocked at the amount costume. of yeah i was shocked at the amount of trekkies that showed up uh yeah we did Isn't, get a yeah question. well if they hadn't moved the uh if they hadn't moved the spot where we're supposed to take the pictures i'm sure there would have been more because we saw a lot of people just wandering around like looking where to go so many people came up to us they were like it's it isn't it right behind here i'm like it was it even still shows that on the map but no now it's like on a yep. whole other level of this building yeah it's come with me we'll, we'll yeah. show you where it is uh, uh our producer jen did have a question comment so i'm gonna get to that really quickly john in your opinion where do you think podcasting will go how will it evolve uh, that's a, that's a tough one. You know, it's hard to predict the future on things. You know, S some people predict, you know, there was a eugenics war in 1992 that didn't happen. So, uh, ah, Star Trek reference for all you kids out there. Very nice. You know, you know, I, I, there has been a lot of change in the industry recently, you know, you big players like Spotify are really pulling back on their spends. Uh, people are moving around uh, to different companies now that people are being laid off. So there is a little bit of a retraction in the industry for, you know, high production shows. But I think there will always be room for, you know, independent podcasters uh, to find audiences that really appeal to the content that they want to interact with. Um, and I think hopefully that will always be the case you know uh, if i could predict anything or hope for anything in the future is that there will be a strong independent community in podcasting uh forever and it won't be just drowned out by 
uh, dollar signs. That definitely well, I mean, seemed like feels... where it was going for a bit, right? When Rogan yeah. signed that gigantic deal with Spotify, we were all just like, wow, for sure. that's... Yeah. How is anybody going to not be that? Like, how do you compete with that? Yeah, and you know, like, companies like Spotify really trying to uh, own podcasting, like, trying to really silo it to themselves and take ownership of it. Uh, it seemed like it was not going to head to a great space. But, you know, recently there's been uh, groups coming together like the Podcasting 2.0 uh, group, which helps push forward the uh, standards used to publish shows uh, through RSS feeds. So they add new tags and new technical requirements for podcasts. So you can list things like what your social channels are in your RSS feed. Oh, okay. So apps can pick that up and display it right there in the app. Nice. Uh, who the guests are in your show, they can display that right in the app with a picture of the person. So, you know, the independent side of podcasting is really pushing forward despite some of this retraction from the big players who tried to sort of take it away from <laughs> the rest of us. Well, I think you made a good point earlier is the low barrier to entry is certainly helpful, right? I mean, you, you don't need much to get started. Building an audience is one thing, but getting off the ground, you need a phone and some time and you, you can be a podcaster. You can have a podcast. So uh, after that, it's going to eat your life. But but by leading in getting there first, that's... JS, yeah, you have I, thoughts and feelings? Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like, especially over the last, you know, four or five years, there's been an influx of podcasts. There's more and more podcasts. Are there less people than before listening? Like, is the, is, I don't want to call it viewership because it's not viewership, but what do you, what do you call it? Lis listenership, I guess. Listenership. Is your, sure. is the listenership going down? Is that why the big companies are kind of, starting to spend less and pull back a little or like what's what's the reason behind that uh i i guess it depends on like where you entered the podcast ecosystem from so like if you were like a post serial person i would say the listenership is still growing uh but if you were like we're at the ground floor of podcasting in like 2005 like it's dramatically increased uh over mm. the years uh, I wouldn't say that listenership or uh, earballs, as I call it, is nice. uh, declining. I think, if anything, it's growing, especially during the pandemic. We saw a lot of people turn to podcasting to, you know, fill time, mm. fill that void of, you know, being uh, locked away in their house. Um, and, you know, and now that people are going back to work and life is returning to normal, there may be a little bit of a drop off. But I don't think that's why big companies are like really pulling back. I think that they really kind of overinvested in the space, thinking that there was going to be like this huge return on things like, mm. you know, Harry and Megan's podcast uh, or like I, Joe Rogan, I guess, is like a big podcast. I don't listen to it. Uh, obviously, there's issues around all that stuff. Uh, but I think they didn't find the traction and the return on their investment that they thought they would mm. maybe they thought everyone would jump to their platform to like list the podcast exclusively when um the company that produced oh now i'm totally blanking on it uh jennifer what was the company that spotify bought she's not listening to me <laughs> she's uh, making rent <laughs> what Gimlet, when they bought Gimlet I, and they made those exclusive to, and Gimlet was a big podcasting production company at the time. They produced, you know, shows called Startup. Uh, 
uh, and it detailed the owner's progress of starting the whole network. It was a big show that uh, Spotify acquired and the whole network they acquired, and they made them exclusive to the platform. And I thought they, I think they thought that that would be enough to pull people to their platform to make it the platform for podcasting. Mm. And now they've laid off all those people like last month or this month. So I think they've realized that podcasting isn't something that can be captured in their bottle. And yeah. so they're pulling back on that. And as so they're result. pulling back on it. No, no there's, mm. there's no it's question. Yeah. Yeah. Cause some of the money that they threw around just to capture some of these guys, some of these people, some of these personalities to put well, them the exclusively on their was millions of dollars. Yeah. Like crazy town. I, I I remember it when it was news that when when they when they threw the the amount of money they threw at Rogan, I was like, "What? You threw how much money at him for that?" And then I, I think to your point, it didn't really change the space at all as far as people people were a certain large group of people were watching Rogan before, usually through multiple outlets, and the same group of people are watching Rogan through multiple outlets still. It didn't really do anything, so it I could see why it would be like, yeah, it didn't really shake anything up. It made news because they paid him $100 million, but I'm sure now they're looking at it like, what did we get for our $100 million? You yeah. I mean? like, is anybody joining Spotify Premium just to listen to Joe Rogan? I hope no. you're not, because if you are, that's just silly and foolish, but I think the market is too Jen Jen our Jen is making a point. I don't know if the market's necessarily too saturated, but it's definitely too diverse, I think, to be able to capture for one company to be able to just thumb down on specific such specific talent that everybody would just be like, well, we're just gonna ignore all this other cool stuff we like and only listen to this. It's just too broad a spectrum now. I would think that's my opinion. I'm not a podcast expert, but John, you're at least nodding your head. So I'm gonna take that to mean that we're on the same page on this one. Yeah, I think even like people, you see people push back against even Apple, who are like the original podcast right. company. Yeah. Uh, and people push back against them all the time, you know, with things that they do. So, like, I, I don't think any one company is going to be able to like, capture this in a bottle. No, no, I, I agree. Is there anything that you have seen recently, though, that is genuinely getting you excited more, maybe more on the fan side than than on the on someone that hands out? Canadian podcast awards. Uh without getting no, too probably. specific, more on the trendy side of things. You know what I mean? Like in a general, I know you don't want to highlight specifics, but on the on a on a broader scope, what what are you seeing personally that you're like, oh, I that's I'm liking that. That's cool. I guess it just in general, it would be like the amount of content that's coming out that's so well produced nowadays. Uh, you know, everyone has access to YouTube. They can learn how to do anything, including how to make their audio better. Uh, there was a tool I saw today in uh, podnews.net. It was a daily newsletter for podcasters. Uh, and you can give it your MP3 file, and it will give you suggestions on what to do to improve your audio quality. Oh, now that's cool. Really? So, that's interesting. Like, when, like, one of my biggest pet peeves with podcasts is, like, if I can hear them eating on mic or drinking and stuff, like... Or if like the audio is just bad quality, like they don't care. It's hopefully tools like this will encourage people to, you know, really improve things and make it a better listening experience for people. You know, no one, well, I guess some people do want to listen to like ASMR and stuff like that. So maybe it's appealing <laughs> to a certain segment of people to hear someone eat on a podcast. But, you know, everything is sounding a lot more professional now than it used to. No, that's fair. 
Um, I, our buddy Steve Jones here, who thinks uh, he's on the <laughs> you know what list because he works Thursdays now and he uh, can't listen to us regularly. You are not, my friend. Uh, and he is saying, isn't that the AI program that they use for audio suggestions? Uh, I don't know. I'm is sure there's like some sort of AI behind it that it probably uh, is analyzes it. Yeah, I, I agree. Listen, I when when we started our YouTube channel, one of the first things we noticed straight away was our audio sucks. We need to. Well, my audio sucked. Jeff already had a decent setup, but you know, I I couldn't stand to even watch or listen to my own videos because of the audio. Right, so. First priority was figuring out microphone solutions, and I went through a couple microphones before finding one that works for me, right? Now, is it the best, and could I have a better setup? I'm sure I could. And I'm sure it also comes down to a lot of the dollars, right? How much you want to invest in this. Like we were saying, the, the barrier to entry is literally nothing, but the cost can Until you want to take it to the next level. No, yeah. right? Yeah, like if you want to buy a compressor or something to like patch your XLR microphone into uh, this microphone I bought uh, like last week to be able to do the show, uh, and it's like a hundred dollar <laughs> microphone. Yeah, and it's it's decent enough quality. It's yeah. not the best microphone on the market, but it's it's a decent enough microphone, and it's an easy entry point into like having a more professional microphone than just mm -hmm. you know my iPhone. Yeah, you sound great. So is this not like as much as you're in the space and I know you don't have a podcast, so guesting on pods is still not a, a big thing that you're doing either? Uh, we do guest on pods here and there. It's not like uh, something we do a lot of regularly. Uh, it's occasional. Usually when we're putting out the awards, we do like a little media tour to different podcasts. Um, hey, you let us I know. You can definitely come well, back when you're here. Yeah, 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 absolutely. for sure. We'll yeah, do yeah. a whole episode on on yep. the camp podcast. Camp, wow, <laughs> I'm having trouble tonight, <laughs> guys. <laughs> the can podcast awards, <laughs> guys. Uh, FYI, I just want to reiterate to everybody: I am still having major back problems, so I am on pretty strong medication. He uh, is heavily medicated. Not kids. complaining we'll, about the medication. I'm just we'll, pointing we'll it out. Keep him on the straight and narrow. <laughs> don't 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 worry about that. But, but you know, um, yeah. Steve is saying here, uh, he's he's recommending the Blue Yeti. Because the, the it's Blue not Yeti a microphone microphone. is probably the entry level so far. Um, Rob also bought a Blue Yeti, and he loves it. Um, they're not the cheapest microphone out there, but as an entry point, you know, if you want to spend less than $150, you're going to have a hard time finding a better, a better microphone than that. Yeah, for sure. And you know, when I was researching buying this microphone, I went to YouTube to like look at comparisons. You know, everyone's doing comparison videos of what X microphone sounds next mm -hmm. to X. And I liked the sound that this microphone produced more than uh, the Yeti or even the cheaper version of this microphone, which is uh, mm -hmm. the Rode NTS Mini. This yeah. is the Rode NTS Plus. Uh, this sounded, this had a more richer sound to it than the other ones. Uh, so it's all like really your personal preference on how you want your voice to sound if you want mm -hmm. it to sound and, and it's not to say like they sounded worse it just sounded different and whatever to your ear sounds better buy that mic no you know, before we were using this little uh lapel road yeah. clip-on microphone yeah. that i just plugged into my iPhone to do the, the interviews so uh just which i'm sure works great as well i mean 
Yeah, and that's what we use for our videos when we put them together. Uh, we mm. go into a studio or we go out to around town. Uh, the first year we went to like different spots in the city and recorded on on location with that microphone. And then the next one we went into a studio to record. So it's a great microphone for what it needs to do. And there's almost nothing a little bit of uh, post-processing, you know, audio cleanup can do to fix whatever microphone you do have. Mm-hmm. And I want to get back to the awards themselves and, and what you guys do. And I'm curious about PodCamp, too. I want you to explore that a little bit for me. But I want to ask yes. you a really quick question before we get to that is people that want to enter this space, people that want to start their own podcast. I know we've talked about no barrier to entry and easy, but do you have any helpful tips or advice that someone that's been in the podcast game for 16 years now plus helpful advice for beginners that are maybe just nervous about taking that first step or, or are intimidated by what like. I, I'm kind of like you. I want to do this for a long time, but I'm kind of like, well, if it's not going to be, if it's going to suck out of the gate, I don't want to do it. So do you have any helpful advice for people that want to get into this space? Uh, sure. It's the opposite of, uh, I would never take my own advice, but uh, it's just do it. <laughs> it's it's just do it. You know, you, you only get better by doing it. So if you are waiting for it to be perfect, it's never going to be. Uh, in contradiction to what I've already said. Uh, <laughs> but we, we we always tell people, you know, like just record something, put it out there and see what the reaction is. You know, share with your friend group and see what they have to say about it. If it sounds terrible, I'm sure someone will let you know, hopefully, if they're a good friend of yours. Uh, but yeah, just do it, put it out there and go from there. You only get better by doing make fail make fail make fail mm -hmm. make fail right guys 100 mm -hmm. it's the only way you can get there okay please break down podcast for me because you mentioned it at the top of the podcast yes. and then i asked you eight million other questions but as soon as you said it i'm like "Ooh, what's podcast so yeah. can you can you can you expi expand on that a little bit for us john sure podcast is a uh annual digital media conference that is entirely crowdsourced so what we do is we open up a website, people can submit the ideas that they want to speak on. So if you have a presentation you want to either practice on our audience or you have something you want to knowledge you want to share with our audience, you post that onto the website, then the community votes on them. And the ones that make it to the top of the voting rankings uh, get put onto the schedule. And it's a two day event at uh, Toronto Metropolitan University. Cool. Uh, formerly Ryerson. Yep. And uh, it's two week, uh, two days in February on the reading week. And it's a great time. Everyone comes in and learns a lot. Uh, you get to meet a lot of other podcasters and other people in the digital media space, not even just podcasting. You know, we have streams for, you know, digital marketing, uh, you know, YouTube video stuff. We have a lot of content around that. So it's a great community event. Uh, to learn and share with each other that that that's kind of our whole ethos around that event is to share with the community share what you know with other people so that they can build on that knowledge and then come back and share again what they learned so it's a knowledge exchange basically knowledge and experience and exchange for people that are in the space 100 percent. that sounds yeah. amazing and, and right it, why are we not doing that either because, that sounds great Shit. yeah we should be doing that we absolutely should be doing that and, and uh, it's a flat, it's a flat you, system. So like no one is elevated above anyone else. You know, one of our, our key uh, mission statements is no one is more important than anyone else. So if you're an attendee, 
you're just as important as someone who is giving a session. And if you're in a session, we have a rule called the law of two feet. If you aren't getting what you thought you would out of the session, you're free to get up and go to a different session using your two feet. Oh, nice. Okay. So you have multiple sessions going on sort of at the same time or simultaneously. And you just yeah, set them up and book them, as you time. said, based on votes. Like you guys vote as a, as the as the PodCamp community, you guys vote on what is going to be the topics and who's going to present, basically. And then yep. you schedule and, them out anyone, over the two days. Yeah, anyone can submit and the community votes on them. Uh, and then we put them on the schedule based on, you know, sort of their popularity level. You know, what room is will hold the amount of people we think that will attract. And is there still like a general like social aspect to it where people are just like is is the knowledge exchange strictly through the presentations or is there just a lot of milling about and talking about what's what's trendy and what's happening and what's whatever in the community? No, we have a definitely a contingent of people who have been coming to these for the last sixteen years that just hang out in the hallways and just and, talk and podcast we, stuff and and socialize yeah, and, yeah, and just meet with people and try and you know like grow the community. Uh, bring people into the space, you know, you know, it can be kind of lonely sometimes in the podcasting space. You know, you, you're kind of locked in your house or your basement, you're recording your audio and pushing it out to the world. You don't really get to interact with a lot of other podcasters really in, in person. So we like to provide that sort of uh, venue for those people to interact. We have a party sometimes uh, on the Saturday night that we have people come up to a bar and you just hang out and just talk. So that's a more of a, our social side of the event. Uh, and then sometimes in the fall, we haven't since COVID started, but we may start doing this again, is uh, we have an event called Campfire, where we book a fire pit in the city and people just come out and hang around the campfire and nice. shoot the SHIT. Yeah, yeah, perfect. So you're keeping the social aspect going throughout, building those relationships within and then having that knowledge exchange on top of all that, that's definitely the way to, I think anyway, that seems to be the way to do it because you're building mm -hmm. relationships is what you're doing at the end of the day, right? Yeah, it's all about building community. You know, like if if people are off by themselves doing their own things, it, it's kind of isolating. So if people are able to come together and, you know, talk to each other and share knowledge, that's, that's an ideal situation for us. And that's, you know, what we sort of promote in all the things we do is bring people together and, Hopefully, like with the uh, Fan Expo and Comic Con, you know, bring people together, and if they if they click, they can start promoting each other's shows or like guesting on each other's shows. It's really about just helping people make those connections. I, I was just about to say, sounds like the podcast community is a lot like the cosplay community. Um, and, and to go to the point that you just made, me and Jeff literally met at a con, like. You know, like like the like the nerds and the geeks we are, but uh, yeah, and guys, yeah. we popped it up on the screen, but we didn't say it out loud. If you're wondering how much it is to attend the pod camp, it's nothing. It is Completely absolutely free. free. So, uh, I I mean, that sounds like a fantastic time to me. I think that's definitely something that we should look into for sure. So, I mean, I can imagine Jeff in a you know spandex Spider-Man suit or something up there. You know, well, let's, thing let's and, take you know, it easy. That'll attract bit. all that's, that's, the people. Not, uh, not what this is about, sir. This is about <laughs> just getting together and talking shop and having a good time. And I mean, you totally can. We, we have presenters doing all sorts of types of sessions. We have a group from uh, the Sonar Network, which is a podcasting network in the mm -hmm. city here, uh, come in and do just a session where they do improv. They get everyone to stand, stand around in a circle and they teach them improv lessons. You know, nice. a lot of uh, yes and stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, but we've also had people come in, you know, Jeremy Taggart from uh, Our Lady Peace, the drummer from Our Lady Peace, 
come in and did a session because he has a podcast with uh, Jonathan Torrance. Uh, we've had people from the prime minister's communications office come in and do a session on, you know, digital media and how to use that to promote your political ideals or whatever they were in for at the time. Uh, it's a wide range of stuff. So, you, you know, coming in in your cosplay is definitely not out of the question. You know, there's the cosplay community uses digital media quite extensively. So it would definitely be something to talk about at the event. I'm I'm mm. sure it would. I'm I'm not putting on a, a, a unitard to come to come to the event. That's for sure. There's it's, no, it's not oh, flattering, sir. There's, now. there's no, there's no, yeah. <laughs> the event is free, sir. Don't 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 make me cost me my dignity. All right, that's not that's not what I'm looking to spend on this. I, what do you mean I do your that dignity? I mean, you do it at, at, at cons all the time. Mm. Yeah, I but mean. this is more of like that's with just a bunch of nameless, faceless strangers. Like, like thousands of people pass through our booth. This is a little bit more of like. Uh, a little more, more intimate community. I don't want everybody going like, who brought the old guy in the Spider-Man costume? I don't want to be that guy. That's not. That's not how I. Well, want as long as you keep your mask on, you're just Spider-Man. Yeah, I mean, that's Peter true. B. Parker to you. Peter B. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> so this is entirely separate from the from the from the Campod Awards, but the, the Campod Awards were sort of born out of this event, right? Yeah, we were doing the. Uh, podcast for about 10 years before we started the uh, Camp Auto Awards. And, you know, we were already deeply entrenched in like the podcasting community. So it seemed like a natural extension for us to just jump into this sort of thing. No one else had done it yet, which I guess good for us. Uh, <laughs> but like, I mean, it, fair, right? it seems like uh, something that the community needed. So we jumped on it. And you mentioned, I think, earlier on about, you know, if anybody wants to sponsor us with with microphones and, and, and such. So you guys do the Campot Awards. This is out of your time in your pocket. Like you don't have any corporate sponsors winging in. You don't have anything like that. We we were talking recently about possibly getting involved in some sort of a sponsorship. Are you guys specific? I know we were joking about it earlier. Are you guys specifically wanting to keep this in-house so that you ultimately have control of how this goes? Or is that something that you would look for for, for funding in a partnership? in the future to, to maybe, I don't know, try to take it to the next level or whatever. Yeah. With PodCamp, we definitely have sponsors that come and help us out every year to run the event. You know, it's, it's not a free event for us to run. It's usually right. about like five to $6,000 for us to put on, which isn't a big amount. So we can usually find sponsors that'll pay for that. Yep. Uh, the awards definitely would be something we would love to have a sponsor come on board to, you know, help, pay for some of the costs associated with the awards of course um so yeah we would definitely welcome any sponsors who want to you know sponsor a category or sponsor the entire awards themselves uh we are definitely open to those conversations and we've had conversations with sponsors in the past it's just never sort of uh, worked out over the pandemic so you, you heard it here, guys. They're, they're, they're good with uh, with sponsorship. I'm, I'm sure you put out the feelers, kids. And by the way, hey, <laughs> if you want to sponsor your favorite uh, low-budget uh, geek podcast, weekly geek podcast, too, you, you can hit us up for that, too. So that's uh, we're, we're down for corporate Actually, sponsors. if you don't want to sponsor us, but you want to support us, um, you know, you uh, Mr. Thor's Warty. Uh, Warty. Mr. Warty. Thor's Warty. He is Warty. I've, he is uh, Warty. Uh, and uh, Mr. Gruden London here, we're talking about some uh, T-shirts that they bought from us earlier. So, guys, if you want to buy some merch, you can always go to geeksandcompany.ca. The first link at the top is the link to our store, although, you know, not a whole lot there. But if you want to help support this crazy addiction that we have of spending money 
building costumes and sets and props and, and travel and food and drink and hotels and yeah it's, and, uh, and booths and all that crazy stuff yeah yes yeah. Um, yeah and then also a great way to support your uh, local podcasts is to subscribe and yes. uh, leave a review yes yes that's a Definitely. free way for you to support the podcast you love um i want to get down the, a little bit to the prop talk for a little bit because you get a bunch of stuff behind you uh i oh, I, I mean i know i know you're talking but i keep staring behind you and trying to identify what's in the glass jar up top this or up here yes uh, this is Captain Picard after he decided he didn't want to be stabbed by a Nausicaan. Oh, uh, yes. Uh, yes, medical officer he wasn't Picard. Captain, yeah, he wasn't Captain Picard anymore. He was, he like was Picard Picard or lieutenant or, or whatever. Officer Picard. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, science. Yes. Oh, terrible. That's that's fantastic. Oh, yeah, that's cool. Lieutenant uh, Commander Junior Grade or something like that. Is that what he is? There's two and a half pips. Two and a oh, half there pips. There we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. he'd be a lieutenant commander. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. And as high yeah. as he's ever gone and ever will go. Yeah. Gotta get stabbed. Gotta get stabbed in the heart by that. Doesn't take risks. Yep. So you, you were talking about making props a little bit earlier. So you also like to make some of your own stuff. Um, 3D printing, I'm assuming. Yeah, I have a 3D printer under my desk here. Yeah. Um, I got it maybe six months ago, so I've, I'm just oh, yeah. learning, just getting started on it. It's mm -hmm. a Ender 5 Pro. Um, it's been okay. It's a steep learning curve. Yeah. Uh, but most of the props I built before that are have been like found object props. So, you know, right. like the next generation, you know, they just grab things like uh, cassette tape cases, mm -hmm. uh, like Jordy's engineering case here. Uh, it's just case for cassette tapes and they just threw a bunch of greebles on top of it and it's the engineering kit now uh so a lot of my stuff is uh based on just found objects so finding the actual objects that they use during production and there's a lot of people that are into that stuff where they don't care about what it looks like they want to make sure that it, they use the actual parts that were used when those things are made and it makes it that much more authentic right like when you look at it you yeah well and they're hard to find too like oh, all, all, all this stuff is from the 80s, right? So, like, people aren't keeping their cassette tape cases to, like, hold on to after, mm -hmm. what, like, 20 years after CDs came out? 30 years? Maybe 40 years now? Uh, so they're hard to find. They're not too expensive on eBay. You know, like, I think I paid $25 for this one. Uh, that's also the good point of them being so old and useless. Uh, <laughs> they're nice yeah. and cheap. Yep, yep. Uh, but yeah, there's that case there. You know, uh, when uh, Troy's uh, son that she had from that uh, star baby that she had burns yes. his finger, uh, there's this uh, dermal regenerator that Dr. Pulaski waves over his hand. This is just a highlighter painted and has a light inside of it. Really? That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so they like, were really good know, at were that, very, though, uh, right? Dangerous. I mean, they still are, I suppose. A lot of productions are, are very good at using found parts, and, and that's where the real imagination is, you know? Me making a prop or replicating something, I mean, there's no imagination in this. I'm just copying somebody's work. But those those people, they're the ones that are they're the real creative folks. That's, uh, yeah, that, I love that stuff. Yeah, um, now it's getting harder to find things that are, like, you know, found props because 
they all have access to industrial 3D printers now. Like all this exactly. stuff is in house. So it's a little bit harder to like keep up with, you know, like the strange new worlds props and stuff like that. I got like a phaser I'm working on. Obviously, that's not like a found object. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's a passion yeah. project. Yeah, I mean, I made some yeah. strange new world badges because I mean, you can buy them again. Uh, I guess you can buy them um, mass produced. I guess is the term I'm looking for, but. Yeah, QMX and like fan sets. QMX makes them. Um, but I don't know. For me, there's something about a handmade prop, right? Buying something that was handmade. Yeah, look at that. You're yeah, making some next gen badges of, uh, right there. Next gen badges. Yeah. A bunch of them in the primer stage. There you Sweet. go. I got uh, a million pips. I'm working oh, on. Oh, <laughs> yeah. There you go. Nice. If you have not tried the all clad, uh, all clad two chrome and gold paints, look into that. They are so I do have this, I do have a bottle of the chrome paints for the uh, Canadian Podcast Award that's over in the corner there. Oh, yeah, that one's painted with a different paint, but where I'm I want a like a nice high gloss gold trophy to uh, yeah, have. Yeah. So they get a physical award, they don't yet. They're very expensive that. to mass produce. They sure. Uh, so because you said thirty-two categories, right? I was like, Ooh, that's a lot of physical awards for you guys to hand out every year on something you're funding yourselves." Yeah, and it's about three hundred dollars a trophy right now is the Oof. lowest like cost we've got for them. Yep. Uh, so we're maybe thinking about like just doing them ourselves. You know, yeah, we have sure. a little bit of experience making props, so it's not too far removed from that space. But you've got uh, one in the back there. Yeah, we have actually. That's the, yeah. Do you mind? Yes. I mean, now, folks, if you're listening to us after the fact on your favorite podcast platform, you won't be able to see these, but hey, a little bit of incentive to come and check us out on YouTube. Yeah. I'm so we have a. Oh, this yeah. One, which is like one of our first prototypes. Yep. Yeah. It has the uh, Canadian Podcast Awards logo in the center there. It's a half is a maple leaf and half mm -hmm. of it is a microphone. Yep. Uh, and we have like a scale study that we did for some modifications. Oh, yeah. We got another one that we printed out just to like test the top of it. And then we have the one that we bring to uh, the Comic Cons and Fan Expos that's all painted gold. Okay, so that one's finished. Yeah, okay. Yeah, this one's finished. It actually got scratched the other day. No. So <gasps> no. we're probably going to have to refinish it. As yeah. we do, that sounds like the pot, the the prop maker life. How did you guys come up with you the know, logo? Did you guys get have help coming up with the logo, or did you guys do it yourself? Well, I'm a graphic designer uh, by trade. By I trade. Guess. Oh, well, uh, so yeah. that's that's my primary source of income is doing graphic design and web design and stuff like that. So you know, I put together the logo. I, I do the website all on my own. So good for you. Keep it um, house for sure. If you're gonna want to make physical trophies and you're gonna want to make them yourselves. You're gonna find real quick that you can't 3D print them and sand them all and finish them all. No. And it's, it's too much work. Um, get into molding and yeah, casting. Yeah. So we we for the uh, for this actually this was our first project that we did for molding casting was to 3D print this lens oh, for the uh, thermal regenerator and cast yeah. this in a clear resin. Perfect. Uh, so that was our first. Uh, bit of experience with that so yeah uh producer jen is saying the same thing <laughs> you have to make yeah, so many things that are talking about that yeah we just gotta uh, get one that's perfect and yes. then we can cast that yeah, one yeah right yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah 
yeah. If we're gonna make three hundred of them, we're gonna need uh, we're gonna mm -hmm. need a perfect mold for it. So we yeah. uh, we were lucky enough to have uh, Aaron uh, from Married Makers on the show last month. Maybe last, last month, month, month before. before, somewhere around there. Yep. You know, last month or two, and um, he had the honor of making all of the Fan Expo cosplay trophies. And I mean, Fan Expo across all of North America, he made each cosplay trophies and then make the made the finals trophy. Um, he's got a cool, oh, nice. actually, YouTube series on making the awards. Um, so if that's something that you guys are into, you should check that out. Uh, and they're in, well, they're not in the GTA, really. They're in Barry, but you know close enough so i mean if, uh, if they're experienced in making awards maybe we just get them to do it <laughs> hey right hey who knows uh, i mean speak, speaking of like the prop community and you know uh stuff around that there is an event here in toronto that we also attend called the uh toronto prop expo mm -hmm. which is coming up next month i thought it was in uh, august august 12th august 12th right so if you want to come check out some of the props I've made, uh, I'll usually have a table there with all of the stuff set out. Mm -hmm. uh, and we have, uh, you guys know the um, the series that the person put out of the next generation in the style of the TAS series, the animated series? No, I don't think I've seen that. No. Oh, yeah. So you're like saying there's a cartoon, there's an animated next gen show. Done in the, the style the of show, the original. Just a clip of the best of both worlds where Picard gets abducted. Oh, he also did I see. A, uh, he also did a version of the Voyager where they turn into the salamanders. Uh, <laughs> he's also at this. He nice. does uh, min miniatures or uh, the min minuets, I guess they're called, or the puppets from uh, Thunderbirds. Oh, wow. The marionettes. Yeah. The marionettes. Yeah. yeah marionettes. That's wild. Yeah. Yeah, yes. yeah. So they're at this event as well. And we have a bunch of people. There's a guy who does like Wolverine cosplay while oh. he's there. So, like, there's so much fun stuff at this. I definitely encourage anyone to come out if they're interested in prop building and just want to like chat with people and learn. And is this is this the kind of of show that is more of like a meetup where everybody brings their stuff to check out and chop and talk shop? Or is this like a thing like where you bring in like people? like like a show right like people are coming through and paying tickets and and all that stuff so it's ten dollars to enter oh. uh and it's at a community center in etobicoke here in uh, toronto and they do have like classes put on by like uh, companies like sculpture supply which mm -hmm. is a company here in toronto that you know you can buy uh resins and uh mold making equipment from uh, but they're really the only is... place in the gta <laughs> to buy molding and sculpting supplies. And it's a little frustrating because yeah. for people like 100%. us, we have to go all the way down to, they're almost in Mississauga, aren't they? Like they're South Etobicoke. Yeah, no, they're yeah. right at the uh, end of the subway line on Kipling. Yeah, so it's it's a pain to get to, but you know, they're the real, they're yeah. the, you know, there's nowhere else to go, right? Yeah, so like people like myself or other prop builders in the community just have, you can, book a table and just lay out all the stuff that you build that you want to show. So it's a lot of just getting together and chatting with each other and people come through and like look around at your stuff and you can talk with people. Uh, there's a lot of people in the professional industry that do this stuff for a living, like mm -hmm. building props for television and movies and events that come through and like take a look at stuff. Uh, maybe they see it as like a talent pool to pull from as well, but it's a, it's a fun event 
for anyone who's into this sort of stuff, you know, building something from nothing mm-hmm. of your favorite TV shows or movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they usually have cars there as well. Like a kit from Knight Rider is there. The yeah, I saw that on the website. There. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the DeLorean time machine. Uh, yeah, they yeah, have, they have a lot often. of the cars. Yeah. yeah. Which it's funny because I, it, when you go to the cons, you would expect you would see all of those cars and and you only usually get like one or two but you never have a con that has like a bunch of them especially batmobiles like guys bringing a damn batmobile at one of these cons like what are you waiting for like it's got to be somebody in the air toronto isn't there a toronto batman doesn't he have a batmobile uh, uh brampton, batman. brampton batman has a brampton batman has a batmobile yep, yep. Uh, and it's legit I, it I looks think- really good yeah, I think the thing is the venues, like you know, with Toronto Comic Con or yeah, you know, fair Canada, enough. They they can't bring a lot of cars in without sacrificing floor space, well, which they sell for money. <laughs> yeah, we're finding and, and, that out on the community booth side too. They're like, yeah. how do we how do we exploit this for some cash? We're like, not really why we're here, but we'll figure something out. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh we're gonna have to investigate to this uh toronto prop is it the toronto prop show is that what it's called toronto prop expo yeah it, even prop if you guys expo. just want to come out for the day it's it's just one day in the afternoon um mm-hmm. come out and just check it out you don't have to bring all your props and set up it's just it's a really chill event yeah we should uh come and check it out and uh see what it's all about uh we've already been on for over an hour we haven't talked trick at all um just quickly i know we're gonna start losing people if if we start talking track but uh just very <laughs> quickly uh strange new worlds i'm not the episode I, not today's episode specifically first of all so far yeah. strange new worlds as a complete show from season one two three episodes of season two out of ten it's, it's some of the best tra- Star Trek we've had in a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, not a fan of Discovery. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lower Decks, big fan. Prodigy, mm-hmm. it grows on you, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stranger Worlds has been great. There's you know a few episodes here and there that I'm not a big fan of. Uh, Star Trek Picard was awful until like the last season. Uh, <laughs> but, so I think we're yeah. all in line with all that. Yeah, yeah that, that yeah, sounds yeah, about yeah. right. Yeah. Yep. Yep, yep, yeah. yep. I mean, yeah. I I shouldn't say that. I really, really enjoy Discovery, but you've definitely got JS on your side with the whole not not enjoying Discovery thing. So, and and I get the quibbles behind it, but I I, I still love it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and, I enjoyed Discovery when they had like uh, uh, Pike was on it. You know that that led into Strange New Worlds. That was like a good season for me. But I really get tired of like, oh, we need to save the entire universe every season. Like lower the stakes a little bit, guys. Mm-hmm. what happens when you make it serialized that's, right that's that's the nice part about strange new worlds it's episodic right so yeah like this week episode, episodes yeah yeah or time travel episodes where it's not a whole giant second season like the second season of picard where you're just like milking that time travel thing to, mm-hmm. to death you have just this mm-hmm. one tight episode we go back in time there's a problem we solve it we go back to our regular time everything's cool it's like the yeah and, and the lead doesn't so, cry every episode either you know so that helps as well oh boy Here we you go. know Oh, but, uh, I am glad to hear you say lower decks, though, because I feel like that is not getting enough appreciation and it needs more because yeah. it's so fantastic. It's such a giant yeah. love letter to Trek overall. And now we're going to get the live action characters this season, episode seven of Strange New Worlds. That's going to be fun. Hopefully, that means we get to see 
some of our guys in Strange New Worlds in animated form the other way. I know they haven't said that, but I'm hoping with the success of Episode 7 this season that we get to see some sort of a reverse crossover. So there was a uh, article that came out today, and it was an interview with Jonathan Frakes, uh, who directed the episode. Uh, and I forget who else, somebody else. The anyway. godfather of Czech, yeah. Uh, yeah, and uh, apparently they worked very, very hard to keep it an episode of strange new worlds because it is an episode of strange new worlds with that's the point jonathan Frakes was making it's an episode of strange new worlds with lower decks cast it's right. not an episode of lower decks but they wanted the lower decks tone right so they worked very very hard to find that comedy and tone of lower decks while still keeping it a strange new world episode so i can't wait it's gonna be dope I yeah, it seems like they're taking a lot of uh, chances with this season. You know, I, I hear mm -hmm. upcoming there's going to be a musical episode, which I am not a fan of musical episodes of shows, <laughs> which I know there's a, a big portion of the community that is fan of uh, musical episodes. Buffy musical is a big thing. You know, a lot of shows seem to like do musicals. I don't know if that's like the jumping the shark now as you do a musical episode, but... <laughs> It's almost like a requirement. We had our courtroom episode. We had our time travel episode. We better have that musical episode in there. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you, man. I'm not a big fan of the musical episodes. A lot of people after last week's episode were online. They're like, we need a courtroom track. We need a courtroom track. No. It's like, yeah, sure. Star Trek. No. Special, I don't know, special I don't know, what investigation. I don't even know what it would be. Yeah. Like you temporal know, investigation, yeah. temporal investigate. Ooh, there you go, temporal yeah. investigation unit. Either way, yeah, I don't, I don't like, know if it really works out as like multiple things. Like, yeah, I don't know. definitely a lot of these things are good in low quantities. Like, we're gonna get two time travel episodes potentially this season with this last episode and the lower decks one. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's a bit too much for one season of Star Trek, mm -hmm. but. I have a feeling that they're going to play around. This was more on alternate timelines, and I and I have a feeling that one's going to play a little bit more on alternate universe as opposed to just strictly time travel because obviously the universe is different. They're animated, so I know they have a lot of references to all the Trek stuff, yeah. but but clearly it's it's I think it's meant. Anyways, now we're just spitballing on what episode seven is going to be like. I'm very very excited because I do love Lower Decks so much, and I love Strange New Worlds, so I think it's going to be a good marriage and. I know. Same with last year, when with the the um, the medieval style, the 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 fantasy, the Dungeons and Dragons. That was episode. a surprisingly good episode. A lot of people yeah, didn't, didn't enjoy it. One. A lot of people didn't like it. I thought it was all kinds of fun. I loved it. Yeah. yeah so it, it you and, know what I mean. And like but for I think those that's people, what you get I would... with that. Sorry, John. Go ahead. No, I like I've you have TNG episodes like that. Like Q made them all into merry men. Yeah. yeah. Like. This is like a staple of Star Trek. They go. Sir, right I there. must protest. I am not a merry man. The, <laughs> yeah, uh... exactly. So, like, this isn't out of out of tone for Star Trek to like do Renfair. Well, that's the whole point of having it episodic as opposed to serialized, is so that you get to have a bunch you of different feeling stuff. episodes. Like, yeah. change up the tone, yeah. do different things, see what sticks, see what doesn't. You're gonna not everything is gonna be amazing, but you're going to have a variety and a broader scope of entertainment. And that's what it's supposed to be like, right? It can't just be the Scooby-Doo mystery of the week. Like you've got to be able to shake some things up, right? Mm -hmm. So and I appreciate what they've done so far with trying and new and different things. And, and John, I'm going to be the same with you. I'm going to be rolling my eyes hard at that damn musical episode, but I'm still going to watch it because I'm still going to support it. And I'm going to crap on it afterwards and people are going to get mad at me. And that's just what the community's like. We just got to roll with those punches. So, so I got to ask, what do you think of the new Gorn? 
that we haven't really seen. We just seen some babies. Yeah, like I guess it's fine. Like we saw a retconned Gorn already in Enterprise. Mm -hmm. Uh, they're just doing it even more now. It's fine, I guess. Like we we've never really seen Gorn that were you know post TOS that no were great we looking no. Uh, and I think it's fine to sort of take liberties with a species that we're not so familiar with. You know, this isn't the Klingons where mm -hmm. we can change them entirely and pretend like they're the same thing. Like we, we're very familiar with the Klingons. Obviously, I'm not a big fan of the change in the dis discovery, but uh, I think they're definitely trending back towards, you know, traditional Klingons now in Strange New Worlds. Uh, so I think it's fine for the Gorn. You know, it's not something we're familiar with. And it seems like it's going to be a big point of season two. It's a good. It's a good one to pick. It'd be like a Tholian or something like that, where mm -hmm. or Kazinti, something we either saw very, very briefly or we didn't really see it all, but got referenced a lot. Kind of like when they brought the Breen into DS Nine, right? We didn't have a lot of experience with the Breen, so we didn't really have any expectations as to what they should look like or what they should act like, and just a, a bunch of dudes in weird helmets. But yeah, bring back the. Did Dominion, we ever yeah. find out what they looked like under the? I helmets? don't think we did without their helmets. So. You're the DS Nine guy. I don't think we did. Yeah, I don't think they've ever shown us the Breen no. without their helmet. But no, 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 no. yeah, no. Oh, but I the like what, doing you know what I mean, though, like there, there wasn't a, an expectation of what we were yeah, supposed fair to be or what we wanted or whatever. Yeah. And like, oh, that's what they look like now. That's cool. So I think I think it'll be something similar with the Gorn. It won't mm. obviously be just a guy in a big rubber suit like we got in TOS. But yeah, and they got to like update some of the stuff, obviously, for modern audiences. You know, do people take umbrage with, you know, what they've done to the Enterprise and stuff like that? Obviously, it can't just be the Enterprise that we saw in TOS, although they did show an original constitution in Picard. So how does that really fit in between Strange New Worlds and Picard? Timey, wimey, wibbly, wobbly. to each other. There you go. There you go. But Too funny. It, obviously, they need to update some things. You know, it's just the degrees of which they update, they update things that make people upset well that's what i mean i think as long as most of the upgrades are like you're talking about as long as they're superficial like i i, I get that we live in a modern society and then we, i we we expect to see modern things in the background that make sense to our visual but when you're taking something that's at its core something that we're already attached to something that is not just going to be sitting in the background or, or part of the environment but there's something that our characters are going to interact with then our expectations go from here to here and now it better look right and if it doesn't you get the Discovery Klingons that everybody loses their mind about in a way that they didn't with the motion picture Klingons, which looked completely different from the TOS Klingons. Yeah. But everybody was on board with that. You know what I mean? So, And I'm the opposite completely. I hated the the Kelvin Klingons. Hated them with the fucking earrings everywhere and like the punk. I thought that was the dumbest crap I had ever seen. Whereas for me, the Discovery Klingons look fine to me. They just look like Klingons with no hair. No, but I remember right? specifically when the motion picture came out. Oh yeah, I know nobody had that a was problem the with huge it. But I was like, now the they've got hell? the big ridged foreheads and everything else. That's and the helmets. That on look debuted, and uh, yeah, people were freaking freaking out because it looked so drastically different from the the show Klingons, which were basically just guys in blackface with big eyebrows and beards and such. So yeah, yeah I think also with the motion picture, they benefited from not having the internet. <laughs> They sure did, didn't 100%. they? But I still remember I had friends that were big into Trek that were still upset with what they had done to the Klingons. Like, These aren't Klingons. What are we still going to blah, blah, blah. I'm like, guys, sometimes it works and sometimes it yeah. doesn't. So, yeah. Although I feel like it's a little bit different what they're doing with the Gorn right now because, like you said, we've never really had a proper Gorn. 
yeah. as other than the guy in the rubber suit. And, right. and we're not going to be doing a guy in the rubber suit. No. So they're kind of taking that opportunity, I think, to reinvent the Gorn a little bit and and make them more of um like a like a, a, a like that Gorn episode felt more like a horror show. It right? got very it, a, it got very xenomorph like. It, it felt did. It was very yeah. it was very aliens like at one yeah, yeah. point, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Not a bad thing. Is, I vote that's, that's for where a Gorn horror spinoff. Give us like a mini series, right? Three or a four gore? episodes of, of a Gorn horror show. Yeah, I would totally be into that. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. hey, it's it's an idea. What do we think about the Section Thirty One series? Well, I um. Well, now it's a movie. Now it's going to be a right. made-for-TV movie, right? Because they yeah. can't they can't lock Michelle Yeoh down for a whole series anymore mm -hmm. because she's big time uh, Academy Award winner now. But they have locked her down for a show. So I guess it depends. For me, as long as it's it's. If it's just a one-and-done flash in the pan and we're just doing it because we can get Michelle Yeoh and we're going to do it, that's one thing. I'm hoping it's going to be like a step to whatever, however Section 31 is going to play out in the rest of Starfleet moving forward. I almost hope it's like, not a giant setup. I want a payoff, obviously, but I want it to be, because it just waxes and wanes too much. Like Section 31 is at one point everything and then and a completely different thing absolutely nothing so like well which is it i know they're supposed to be clandestine but are they really doing anything in this do do the starfleet need like a black ops or a secret police like is that something that we should be doing like i don't know i i know i think section 31 is an intriguing concept i i feel like in a time that that, that gene ron you know in, in gene ron barry's universe there is no section 31 i can no. guarantee you that no right right he didn't even want cast members like crew members to be arguing with each other they weren't even allowed to have conflict between the main cast like that's how utopian his view was so we weren't going to have a section 31 in his view but i well you know me we had this discussion today about secret war, uh, not secret wars secret, secret invasion, invasion. He's so i always want to say secret wars i don't know what yeah. it is well there's going uh, to be a secret wars well, there is secret, secret wars so yeah yeah um so I I like the subterfusion. I like the misdirection and the you know not really knowing what's going on until the end twist where you realize that everything you thought that was real wasn't. And you know what I mean? Like I like those type of things. So I I always enjoyed the Section Thirty One episodes. Hey, the Discovery Section Thirty One episodes were a little weird. I'll admit that section 31 with the guy that was a machine that was I, I don't know listen i got lost a little bit there um but i like the section 31 episodes especially in ds9 i mean that's really what solidified section 31 for me so i'm totally yeah, in I for think... a section 31 show uh whether it's a tv show or it, now it looks like it's going to be just a tv made for tv movie hopefully they make more I don't know how they're going to move the story along because we don't even know which time frame this is going to happen in. Right. Where did she move back to? Well, yeah. Where does she end up when After she goes she through the, the garden? Guardian where does yeah. she end up? Right. So we know nothing at this point about what the context is going to be. If it's like the birth of Section Thirty One, maybe. If it's like an episode of DS9 where they end up back on the original Enterprise and they do some trickery like this where 
she somehow gets added into the background of episodes of shows that we've already that would blow my freaking mind. I would love something like that. Um, I loved uh Jedzia interacting with Kirk. That was I, I I that was epic in my book. Doing something like that could be cool, or maybe she does move from place and place and time to time. I, who knows? I again I don't know what they're gonna do, but I'm I'll watch it. Hundred percent. I'm. Yeah, on you're board. selling me on it a little bit more now. <laughs> I'm yeah. on board. <laughs> Section thirty-one was never like a big thing that I was a fan of. Like, sort of like the mirror universe. It's best in like small mm -hmm. quantities. Like, don't make this yeah. the whole thing. Uh, so I was, I, I struggled to see like how that sort of works out within the Star Trek universe. You know, you know, they had it in Enterprise, even you know where Malcolm mm -hmm. was recruited into Section thirty-one. So like it's always been around, but in Deep Space Nine, it was all in this one guy's head and no one like it's sort of like the unknown quantity of it. It makes it more interesting to me in Deep Space Nine. Yeah. Versus like it's always been established and it's this big organization. Like if it was just Sloan, that's more interesting to me than this has been like part of the Federation for 200 years now. But we know it's not just Sloan. Right. Yeah. And even and, and we find that out when they go into his head that yeah, it's not in his head because that, that's where Section 31 resides. It's in his head because nobody has all of the information of Section 31 potentially except him. So anyway, yeah. uh, I, I like that idea a lot. Hey, guys, we've been on for almost an hour and 20 minutes, and I'm going to assume that uh, the old man over here is working in the morning, isn't he? He is not. He does have tomorrow off. But he has been up since two this morning, and he worked a ten and a half hour shift today. So mm. he is—he is very tired. He's—he's he's definitely going to bed. If we—if we'd like mm -hmm. to start wrapping it up, that would be wonderful. Not that I have—I yes, yes, have yes. enjoyed my time with John. John, thank you by the way so so much for coming on and telling us about the podcast awards and the pod camp and everything that you guys do on your side. Um, while we're wrapping up, do you want to go ahead and plug your stuff? Where can people see it? How can people get in touch? How can people join? Go ahead. Yeah, just go to uh, campodawards.ca and uh, sign up. We uh, All of our socials are at campodawards uh, and follow us there and be on our list to you know get the updates when we launch the awards this fall. Perfect. JS, what have you got going on coming up? Anything new in your life? Well, uh, what we've got going on is, uh, you know, you and Megan are coming to uh, my neck of the woods this weekend. And no uh, we're going to go um, check out a little place called Primitive Designs on uh, Sunday. Uh, if you guys don't know Primitive Designs, keep an eye out on our channel. I think we're going to maybe try to make a little bit of a video while we're there uh, because there's some really cool handmade stuff and their metalwork is insane. They've got like a 14 foot tall Optimus Prime and, uh, you know, 20 foot tall uh uh dinobot and listen now I, now i now i know why you want to go so yeah, yeah, yeah it's it's quite the spot so we're gonna go check that out this weekend so keep your eyes open a video will be coming out for that soon uh, like i said earlier in the show we do have after shows coming out this weekend as well so make sure you keep an eye out for that what about you what's going on with you uh the next little, little while 
you know what? Shockingly, I I don't have a whole lot. Uh, I got mm. a, a, a yeah, I got a little gig at the end of this month. And I'm, I'm helping out one of the local schools, uh, putting on the I don't know Cap or Spidey or whoever, and, and doing mm-hmm. some stuff for that. But other than that, yeah, we're just we're getting ready for uh, Fan Expo, man. That's that's the big one coming up. We got to start gearing up for that. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Hoping to hear back soon, and yep. uh, we can uh, get set up as uh, quickly as we can. Because figure out our plan. That's yeah. what we're going on. Yeah, we just had Forest City Comic Con here in London. So that was literally just this past weekend. Uh, Help judge the cosplay contest for that. It was an absolute blast. We had a wonderful, wonderful time. Great little con. So, uh, and you get to see the Geeks and Co. here in London at London Comic Con coming up in mid September. So keep your mm-hmm. eyes open for that, guys. That one is confirmed. We are definitely going to be doing that. So, uh, yes, London Comic Con is confirmed. So, yep. Yep, yes, yep. yes, we'll be there. For awesome. That. But other than that, John, thank you so so much for coming on. Really appreciate it. That was awesome. Uh, Thanks for having me. You know, you guys are great booth mates at uh, Toronto Fan Expo. So, uh, you know, you are welcome back on anytime. And hopefully if we uh, see you again at Fan Expo this year, uh, we'll uh, definitely have to hook up. We're going to do some investigating about this whole uh, pod camp. And uh, what was the other one? The pod fire? The, what did you call it? Camp the fire. Camp fire. But definitely get a, sign fire. The, get a sign up for the Camp Pod Awards. And then let's get it signed up for the pod camp for sure. That's, there you go. There you go. Yeah, yeah. guys if you enjoy what you're hearing always make sure you click that subscribe button it really really helps us out with the youtube algorithm if you're listening to us on one of your favorite podcast platforms give us a follow check us out we're on podbean geeksandco.podbean.com that's where you'll find us every day of the week i think that'll be it for this week though make sure you stay geeky everybody we'll see you next week Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Geek Geek Podcast. Like always, if you prefer to listen to us, you can find us on all major podcast platforms. Now, make sure you don't forget to click that like and subscribe button, as well as the notification bell to make sure you never miss anything.